Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, this is Andy Caruza with Nacho Nacho, uh, the number one place online to manage, discover, and save on SaaS. Uh, today, we have Marina with us from Growth Channel. And today's discussion is going to be around how to scale your advertising beyond search and social, uh, which tends to come up quite a bit with the uh, economic conditions the way they are. Um, everybody's, of course, dumping money in this social and search. But um, what Marina is going to teach us today is that there's so many other channels that you could spend your advertising dollars on and actually get a much better ROI from it. So um, today's episode is going to be about how to think outside of the box uh, when it comes to your advertising. Uh, once again, thanks, Marina, uh, for joining us today. And I'd love to hear a quick elevator pitch for your product and what you guys do, if you don't mind. Thank you very much, Andy. And hi, everyone. And thanks for watching. So um yeah really glad to be on this live show today uh, a little bit about girls channel if you haven't heard yet so we we are an ai engine for programmatic advertising or even conversions and driving that ROI, we would usually recommend, you know, more affordable channels like web display, native advertising, uh, video advertising. Um, we also have like in-game, in-app, uh, depending on what you actually have as a part of your business. Right. So a lot of companies are scaling back, as I mentioned before, uh, you know, given the economic conditions, <laughs> depending on the definition. Um, uh, a lot of people are scaling back on advertising. So what would you say to those companies that, you know, might be on the forefront of potentially spending money in advertising, but might be a little hesitant given the nature of things? Yeah, definitely. That's a great question. And overall, like usually one thing that I say is don't go with very broad targeting audiences um, because you're just wasting most of your advertising dollars. Uh, focus on really like your highest, you know, lifetime value customer types, uh, learn more a little bit about what they like, what they don't like, who they are, and not just the demographics, but also like what they're interested in, what they buy and stuff like that, and really target those specific people across different channels. 
also consider, um, you know, maybe like social and search is very good in certain cases. Um, Amazon is good in others. It's really identify the channels that your audiences uses and what kind of content they engage with and just focus on that. And if you are using already multiple channels, just look at the, you know, ROI or whatever the KPI is important for you and really kind of double down on those specific channels. And a lot of times, uh, a lot of these newer up and coming channels could be very cost effective to advertise uh, within within the early days. So like back in the day, I remember even Facebook, when they first started their advertising platform, you were able to get clicks usually for, you know, like 10, 15 cents, right? <laughs> so anybody that was jumping on that bandwagon, you know, was really rewarded in the early days of uh, Facebook. But, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of other channels out there like that as well. And you made a great point about, you know, finding where your niche audience is and trying to target them. And in many cases, there might be some great uh, advertising channels that you might not have thought of uh, yet for your, for a startup uh, looking for some cost-effective advertising. I guess given that, uh, what given the landscape today, what are some good cost-effective advertising channels that a lot of startups might not necessarily think about but should explore when it comes to advertising? Yeah, definitely. So um, I will talk a little bit about programmatic ecosystem because, of course, that's also what we do. But it can be very cost effective if you use programmatic advertising in a smart way and, you know, really think about it strategically, about who you want to reach and, and those different channels. So, for example, if your audience is reading, I don't know, like Business Insider or Forbes or, you know, CNN News and stuff like this, why not to reach them on those different channels? And um, you can target very specific audiences and you don't need to have a huge budget to reach them. For example, on platforms such as Gross Channel, uh, we have no minimum ad spend requirement. So you can just spend like a few hundred bucks to see if this actually works for you. You can track every single step of that customer journey as well with pixels, you know, making sure you, everything is tracked and you can actually see if you're driving those conversions until you can double down on the specific channels. Great. So we just had a question from the audience, actually. Uh, what would you recommend for a B2B targeting? Um, aside from, I mean, of course, LinkedIn's great, but uh, do you have any other recommendations there that a B2B marketer can go after? Yeah, well, it's very depends. Like B2B is very broad. Like we work with industries in like logistics and software. I mean, like there are so many different things <laughs> that can justify B2B. But um, let's say we also have lots of companies that target investors on our platform and you can use third party pre-built audiences uh, who have, let's say, a pre-built list of, hey, these are investors or angel investors or let's say uh, funds or whatever that may be. And they can layer on top of that, uh, let's say, how big is the company, if that matters for you, or how many employees they have. And keyword targeting is actually works amazing. We have seen awesome results with like up to 10x uh, on ROI. If you layer those context and keywords on top of the actual demographic information. So things like, for example, if you're, I don't know, focused on selling software <laughs> for uh, or something like this in specific area, let's say it's uh, supply chain software. Mm -hmm. And why not to like layer that, you know, set of keywords, for example, supply chain software, high tech software or whatever, B2B enterprise SaaS or whatever that may be on top of that to make sure you reach the audiences, not just on the demographic area, but also the ones who are actually interested or talking or you know researching information around those specific topics. Um, and people will see your ads, um, you know, 
not just on Google, but whenever they go to new sites or blogs to read more about maybe fast and coming companies to look after, to invest or something like this, right? Lots of those aggregator articles, blogs, news sites these days, things like USA Today, New York Times, etc. And you can be present on those sites uh, whenever they read that. Yeah, and a lot for a lot of B2B market, uh, B2C marketers out there, I know they might target like specific blog types. Uh, say if you're, you have a kid's product, you might target specifically mommy bloggers. And a lot of them will have you know, pretty cost-effective rates actually where you could advertise directly on these uh, sites that are relevant very to your very niche target demographic. Um, and then from a B2B standpoint, you know, one thing in particular I like, um, you know, s- still talking about social, uh, I do like to use LinkedIn, uh, LinkedIn's uh, profiles. Uh, so you can upload a list of emails and it's a tool that a lot of marketers actually don't utilize enough, uh, but it'll, it, it'll create an audience profile based on those emails, uh, the company information, the name of those people on your sheet, and it will do a pretty good job matching them to their LinkedIn profiles. Uh, so when it comes to advertising, a lot of times I like to spend money hitting people that have already shown interest. So that's where retargeting and campaigns like that come in to be really effective. Um, because you know they're people that have already experienced your brand a little bit, uh, so those that ad spend could actually be what you need to kind of push them over the edge to want to inquire and learn more and go further down the funnel, as opposed to spending a bunch of money at the top of the funnel uh, with people that have never heard of you. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, retargeting is always good, and if you're uh, want to reach new audiences, we also always recommend to have retargeting in parallel so that whenever they visit your site or let's say engage with your brand, you can always kind of capture them back and bring them back. That's a great point because a lot of people go very broad and they hit people maybe once or twice, um, but it really is about the amount of times and places that people see your brand. Uh, so you have to think about it from a holistic manner, right? So if you're going to invest money into uh, reaching this audience, it does make sense to re- retarget them and uh, educate them in different ways at different points of the funnel. Uh, to to introduce your product the right way. Um, you know, maybe you're hitting them on LinkedIn, uh, potentially some of the blogs that they go to, you could hit them with display retargeting ads as well. Um, eventually maybe have a CTA for them to download a white label or s- some more information about your product and service to uh, educate themselves more. Uh, so don't think about it as a one and done type of a type of expenditure. Yeah, LinkedIn is a great channel. Um, but you have to be mindful of the costs uh, on the ads there as well. So it's also not the cheapest one. Actually, one more question from the audience. Uh, what are your thoughts on the third-party cookies disappearing and you know some of the stuff that uh, iOS is doing, for instance, uh, blocking advertisers, from, especially Facebook, uh, from being able to retarget people? What are, your, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, great question. So um, a lot of the data companies and advertising platforms uh, have thought about it as this trend has been going on already for over a year. So right now, uh, um, kind of the next thing is unique user identifiers um, and also being able to identify that user across different platforms with cross-device ID. Uh, So those are the tools that are kind of being used right now in various advertising platforms. And that's why, you know, lots of companies can still reach you. (laughs) For example, like um, my favorite one is you just talk about having a dinner and then you see a bunch of ads on, you know, while watching Hulu (laughs) um, about some dinner options for the night. Yeah, that gets me all the time. (laughs) Or I'll be talking about something very specific like SOC 2 compliance and who talks about that, right? But uh, all of a sudden I'll see a SOC 2 compliance ad and I'm like, I didn't type it in. I didn't do anything. I just said it. Um, I yeah, you just have to be like next to your phone, next to your device. 
you just say it and on our platform it's also possible by the way uh, to do that so yeah it's just context and keywords based targeting and it's unique user identifier which is just like a long number of digits um and uh, but a lot of platforms are able to identify you across different devices so that's how they can you know you talk next to your phone but you see your ad on tv or on spotify or something it's very, very interesting context i'm sure a lot of people are wondering about that so thanks for uh, digging in deep on that uh, what are some other key advertising trends uh, in 2023 besides advertisers trying to hit you in, from every single angle possible? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, well, programmatic has been growing quite a lot. Um, actually, the biggest channel that uh, grew in the past year in 2022 was Connected TV specifically. And that's just because of how much time um, people are spending, you know, or were spending at least during COVID, you know, I guess, in front of their TVs, mm -hmm. um, right? So things like Hulu, Roku, Pluto's, um, Disney Plus, um, all of those ads channels, um, Prime, and so on. So this was actually the highest uh, growing channel that we have seen so far. Another trend, a lot of people are leaving Facebook and are exploring other advertising platforms. Mm -hmm. TikTok was becoming really big until like, um, I think US is considering like to ban it and stuff. So right now it's a little bit under a big question mark. But LinkedIn has always been kind of, you know, I think the most steady platform in, in terms of advertising. You know, we have seen uh, lots of people leaving Twitter also earlier in the year because of other different trends. Um, so like Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, they're all kind of effective, um, like up and down. But LinkedIn has been pretty steady. Connected TV is growing. On our platform specifically, we also see this growth in digital out-of-home advertising where you can really reach people, you know, in office elevators, digital billboards, outdoor, inside supermarkets, etc while also targeting very specific audiences. And the one that's really popular right now is actually during events. So yeah. let's say if you want to reach people at the South by specific event, you can actually just geofence the area and target people on their phones and in parallel at the digital billboards while they're at the event. So this one is really popular these days. Well, that's pretty cool. So you could hit people uh, in the area around South by Southwest with, with advertisements. Yeah, and South by Southwest is just an example. There are so many different industry events. So yes, yeah, so you can actually target people on their phone because it's always in our pocket, right? Uh, while you are there, but also look around your and all these digital screens right there uh, with your ads. And it's also very cost effective because on programmatic and platforms like Growth Channel, there's also no minimums. Um, so you can actually, you know, really don't spend that much on those type of ads. Certainly. And uh, keeping uh, budgets in mind, what's a good starting place for small business owners to uh, to approach advertising without spending too much money up front? Uh, you know, I guess to clarify that, what would be a good process to kind of dip your toes in the water and, and kind of get a feel for the temperature of your advertising campaign uh, before you, you know, before you know if it's effective or not? Yeah. Uh, that's a great question. So first, I, what I would do or suggest to do is actually to look at what the competitors are doing and what channels they're using that potentially are working for them. Um, the second thing is really look at your audiences to better identify the channels um, you know, that they engage with across that customer decision journey. And depending on the like where they are in that decision, uh, journey look at different content opportunities as well and use that as a strategy to frame um, the advertising channels and your advertising strategy overall um, the good starting budget to like test is maybe just like a few thousand dollars should be enough uh, but also depends on what channel you choose to go for uh, over what period of time because if you go with too low budget 
um, the systems, not just ours, but like any system, basically, will not have enough data to identify, you know, what's working, what's not working to really adjust and optimize your ad campaigns. Um, so having enough data is an important component. So I would usually recommend a few thousand dollars over like maybe a month or something like this, um, at least for like smaller businesses. It also depends like what is your B2B, B2C. B2C is usually faster, actually, like you can, and you, you can spend much less for B2B. It's usually longer also because the decision process uh, takes much longer. Um, so kind of depends, right, <laughs> uh, on the business time. But yeah, like enterprise, most probably you'll spend more um, if it's like selling, I don't know, some CPG commerce stuff uh, on Amazon or something like this. Yeah, you'll not spend too much and most probably you should see results in as little as one week. So what's the biggest misconception with advertising? Misconception, I would say also like, uh, I would think... Oh, I'll just put a hundred bucks uh, there and, you know, wait for, I don't know, two days. And if I don't see results, I'm leaving. <laughs> like, I think that's the worst uh, misconception, uh, which happens pretty often. But it's also like, if you don't have enough time um, for, for, for data set, and also if you don't, you know, uh, have enough just overall data in terms of impressions, the audiences that we are serving and that journey, um, so that's maybe not a very good idea. Mm -hmm. uh, the second one is, oh, I'm just going to put on broad targeting and Facebook will figure it out for me. Yeah, that's the worst idea too. Like, um, I mean, Facebook is pretty good and also their ads engine has been running for quite a while. Um, but broad targeting is definitely, or like very broad targeting is definitely not what you want to do because not everyone is your customer. A lot of businesses think, oh, everyone is my customer, but that's most probably not the case. You really need to better understand like who is your actual persona and ICP to have better results from your marketing. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a great point actually. I mean, founders, you know, I've been been one myself before. It's uh, everybody should be my customer, right? <laughs> um, but that that has a negative effect when you're when it comes to your advertising spend and actually getting an ROI from it. But a uh, great point, you know, uh, advertising is something that you have to commit to. You can't just you know spend a hundred bucks and and um, you know expect immediate results from it so you have to spend a little bit a little bit of money get some good data figure out what works what doesn't and optimize from there um we do have a couple of questions from the audience as well too which i'll get to in a second uh, after i segue from this uh so what would you recommend as far as uh advertising tactics for uh, ad creation and optimizing for conversions so that way you know that that budget that you put out there is actually going to be effective and you could actually prove to the boss that uh, your advertising results are worth spending money on. Yeah, so depending again on the business, um, what you do, what, what your uh, you know objectives are. Uh, recently, we have seen some great results from, um, you know, businesses that actually have physical presence, like physical store where you can geofence the areas of the competitors or just a mileage around your own store and target also people who engage or talk about specific context and keywords. So have kind of a combination of geofencing on top of the context and keywords that strategy is working really well. Don't forget to track your conversions. Like this is really important. <laughs> like uh, sometimes I have this comment around like, I don't see the ROI. Well, maybe like, did you actually place your conversion pixels on your website or are you geofencing the area of the actual store where you can track that food traffic conversion? That's very, very important. Like make sure you're actually tracking your conversions correctly and, and that can be attributed to your campaigns. 
Um, so that's the second one. Um, the third one is custom audiences are working really well um, for a lot of our clients in B2B space as well. I kind of slightly mentioned around events. So for example, let's say if your business um, is mainly driving revenue and, and new customers from events, why not to identify, let's say, a list of 10 different events that happened in the past 12 months and target people who went to those events. And it can be like very cost effective because the audience is most probably going to be tiny and you can reach them on very specific, let's say, business news, premium sites, maybe tech sites, depending on, you know, what your business actually is. Um, and um, overall, also contextual targeting is working really well if you make it very specific. And if you do lots of, let's say, SEO, SEM, that's already working for you, you can actually try contextual using programmatic advertising to reach and expand to more channels, but still reach the audience who is actually looking for that specific content. Yeah, great point. Um, so uh, David asks, uh, how is AI going to play into uh, advertising going forward? And how could potentially chatbots influence advertising as well with the component of AI included? Yeah, that's a very broad question. <laughs> like uh, you can answer it, I think, from many different angles. But for example, like how um, at Growth Channel we use AI. So one of the very obvious things that every ad platform or many ad platforms, shall I say, are using is um, optimizing the campaigns towards your objective or KPIs that you have specified in the platform. So for example, in Gross Channel, you actually choose what's your objective and then you specify the KPI goal. Um, and then our system runs multiple, you know, A-B tests, multivariate tests in the background to identify the best path to reach that specific goal. Um, and that's an ongoing uh, process. So that's one uh, which a lot of, well, a lot of, but not every <laughs> ad platform is using. Um, another one that's our platform specific is uh, we also connect and have been connected to OpenAI actually for quite some time. And we are very excited about the, uh, you know, the latest developments in the space, but also we are recommending you expanding different keywords, identifying best sites and placement opportunities for your ads, as well as generating that ad copy for, um, for running your advertising campaigns. So those are some other things that can be also automated uh, to make your advertising campaigns more efficient. Yep. Yeah, and as uh, Dan Bunce from uh, Hawk Media said, um, he was recommending AI as a great tool to kind of do 80% of the lifting, but you couldn't totally rely on it. So you still need a human in the loop. Uh, so it's very important that, you know, while I could help do, do some of the leg work, it's good to have a human, you know, double checking that copy, just making sure it sounds like an actual human. <laughs> um, yeah, but that's a good point. Yeah, I would say um, it's great that we can automate lots of routine tasks, um, but it's also kind of gives us some more space to be more creative, you know, make that better strategic decisions and really be on top of things um, with maybe more important questions to be answered. Yeah, uh, David's got another great question, actually. Um, can advertising be invasive? I'm gonna, I'm gonna answer for you, yes. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> can ads and push notifications be too much? And I think the more specific question here might be, you know, when is too much, when, 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 when would you know advertising is too much for your customers? Uh, how do you avoid annoying them with uh, any of your advertising campaigns? Yeah, there's actually one very simple answer to that is frequency control, um, which is very hard to achieve on like, Google, Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok, and so on. Okay. But on some of the more advanced ad, uh, advanced programmatic channels, like also gross channel, you actually fully control your frequency cap, yeah. which means how many times every user is going to see your ad per hour or per day, per week, per month. 
So you can actually set like, hey, I just want one person, same person see my ad maybe only once a week or like once a day maximum or like once every second day or something like this, right? Um, I actually have uh, sometimes like I'm watching TV and I feel like there's even the same ad one after another. And I was like, oh my God, couldn't they just like put the frequency cap in place, right? So yeah, definitely do that um, as much as you can. You know, if you have access to frequency control, definitely set that up to make sure it's not too invasive. Yeah, and a lot of platforms do have that. It's, you know, a lot of marketers I talk to, um, even people with a lot of experience in advertising, a lot of them don't even use those, the, those features. But um, to your point, those do go a long way for, you know, not tuning off your, turning off your audience um, it's one thing, you know, you want to reach people, but you don't want to go too far to where you actually make people angry at you and actually yeah. dislike your ads. <laughs> it has the opposite effect there. Um, so we do have a couple of people from the EU as well. So, you know, love to uh, answer uh, some of their questions around uh, EU targeting. Do you guys handle that? And if so, what should people keep in mind when they're targeting the EU, uh, given GDPR and a bunch of other rules that they have over there? Yeah, well... I mean, the simplest things are like, yeah, make sure that all your privacy policy, et cetera, on your website is uh, according to the tar uh, targeting countries. Um, that's a simple one, but oftentimes kind of forgotten thing. Um, the second thing is there are some limitations in advertising when it comes to, um, you know, certain more stricter countries. And uh, on our platform specifically, like you cannot do custom audience targeting, um, meaning like we cannot identify people who attended past events um, because like that's, you know, that not following the GDPR basically. So we don't do that for European countries on that's actually feature only available in the US. Um, but for European countries, you can still target people at specific events um, and then do remarketing to them. Um, I think it's up to 30 or 60 days after the event happened as well. So there are certain limitations uh, that you can educate yourself about, but um, definitely something to keep in mind if you're working with like international markets. Great. Um, so uh, coming back to your company, I guess, and kind of the founding story, if you will, um, what challenges, I guess, have you faced as a company and how did you overcome those? Yeah, that's a great question. So we actually launched three years ago when the COVID uh, just happened. <laughs> and um, our initial um, idea for Gross Channel was to actually target multi-brand enterprises like Philips or Allianz or, you know, companies like that um, and their marketing teams across various products and verticals. Um, but uh, considering the COVID scenario, it was um, kind of even hard to even think about it. Um, and at that time I myself joined, uh, YC startup school and there were some great tips, um, great founders, um, and, and just like great community. And I learned that a lot of startups and, and small businesses had, uh, also problems in marketing, uh, which I didn't realize as a marketer, you know, myself, like, I'm like, oh, it's so obvious, but actually lots of, um, lots of businesses and, and startup founders, especially like technical founders, it's really hard for them to like go through the different steps of marketing. So, um, instead of targeting enterprises, uh, right from beginning during COVID, which was really hard, uh, we're like, Hey, why don't we just like focus on small businesses and, and startups to help them grow? Because during COVID, everyone is struggling. It's really hard to find a way around. Um, so we kind of did this little pivot right in the beginning. Yeah. A lot of them just imagine marketers are just these people just blow a lot of money on nothing, which some do, but a lot of them don't actually. It's a lot more deep than that, but uh, that's the general norm. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, that's great. Uh, I guess what books are you reading right now that you would recommend to other people that have maybe you know taught you a few lessons this year? Yeah, definitely. I mean, like if you're interested in entrepreneurship specifically, I would definitely recommend Shoe Dog if you haven't read it. I think it's such an inspiring story uh, from a founder of Nike. And uh, if you're into like marketing and identifying different channels, uh, Traction is such a cool book. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it's called Traction and there are quite a, like, I think 19 or something traction channels mm -hmm. and the book goes really into so much depth and detail. You can even uh, get it on, um, audiobooks. Um, so like on audible and stuff. Um, so those are like some of the very cool things that I would definitely recommend. Yeah. It's kind of like your company in a book. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, you guys have so many marketing channels, kind of an omni-channel approach, of course. So. Um, yeah, I, I love that book myself as well, because it got me to think more outside of the box as a marketer, right? Like, uh, I believe the guy that wrote it was the, uh, was the founder of DuckDuckGo, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, another obscure advertising channel where you can get, you know, cheap advertising. I think you have to run it from Bing actually. Um, but you know, another great channel to reach people. A lot of others aren't thinking about. So, um, th there's more channels out there like it. So I definitely recommend that book as well too. It gets people to think more outside of the box with their, with their advertising approach. And, you know, like today's topic, uh, scaling advertising outside of search and social. <laughs> so definitely recommend that book. Um, I guess with the last minute or two that we have, you know, love to learn from you. What should people consider when choosing your product, say, over another potential competitor out there? Uh, what's something that people should take away from this webinar today? Yeah, uh, great point. So uh, one, we uh, on the programmatic advertising uh, aspect, we have no minimum ad spend requirement. And in addition to that, we have access to over 150 plus ad networks um, and all the advanced functionalities. So it's easy access, easy to use. At the same time, you have all the advanced tools. Plus, we are not just an advertising platform. There are lots of different features to help you plan your marketing or even identify your strategy from like competitor research down to personas customer decision journey, channel strategy, et cetera, that can help you really identify, okay, where should I even go? Perfect. Uh, that's great. Once again, thank you so much, Marina, for uh, coming on today. And uh, if anybody's interested in this great product um, from a you know experienced and amazing entrepreneur here, uh, feel free to visit our B2B SaaS marketplace. You can get it today for 30% off. Um, it's an excellent product. And you know, given the economic conditions, the, there's a lot of great new advertising channels for you guys to explore. And they've got a boat boatload of them. So, um, you know, feel free to check out the product today on our marketplace. And uh, by the way, the the book was named Traction. If anyone was interested in that, I'll post it onto the LinkedIn event. Um, but in the meantime, thank you so much, Marina. And uh, once again, we'll see everybody soon for the next Nacho Tuesday. Bye, guys. Take care.